Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Um, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of the Late Night Ramble. This is a special international edition. We've got the VBB football crew with us. Uh, VBB football, an old internet forum that was born out of the demise of the BBC 606. We've got Yaro with us. Hello, mate. How are you? Evening, Omar. How are you? Good. Ha- good to have you back on again. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Yeah. 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 There's been a lot of clamour for you to come back after the Bristol City game. <laughs> is that right? Is that right? And, well, you, were, and you thought, what is the least consequential game that I can get him to follow up? And you picked England Island. Not, yeah, not a bad game. International, mate. It's the pinnacle of football, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We've also got Carl here. How are you doing, Carl? You all right? Yeah, good. Thanks, Omar. Cheers. Good Thanks to have for you having on. me. Good to have you on. That's good. Uh, AJ, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Good. Glad we to we be just on. recorded one. We just recorded, we started recording before this and uh, I had AJ last but not least, but I thought I'd put him penultimate, you know, because he, he moaned first time around. Uh, but last but I not said least. I assumed that you were the headliner. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you're not, so. No. Tom, you are the headliner. Oh, excellent. How are you, mate? I thought you were going to say I am least. But... To be fair, you do look like a, a 70s rock star. Gone, <laughs> At last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like a 70s rock star does now. Like John Lennon. F- faint sound of a helicopter in the background as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, Omar. Good, How good, are you doing? Good to have you on. Good, yeah, mate. Good, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for your time, guys. Good to have you on. We've been talking about this for a, for a few weeks now, and uh, we waited till the international break because, well, we wanted to talk about lots of different things, including Jack Grealish, England, uh, but also some memorable away days as well. Uh, and this gave us time to reflect. We were also going to have Sam, another member of the VBB Football Forum. Uh, but unfortunately, he cannot get any internet connection at this very present time. So he's going to send me a voice note of his Didier 6. So we're going to add that on later on. But that's the way it falls sometimes. Scotland. Penalty. Pe- Mitrovic penalty saved. Breaking news. 5 4 to Scotland. Mitrovic. This is why you subscribe to the Villa Talks podcast for the latest so, uh, reaction three. to the events as they well, happen. Although- Although by the time it comes out, obviously, uh, it'll, will be, be old, it'll be old news. But <laughs> yeah. by, the time, by the time it comes out, Scotland will be out of the Euros. So. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. They, you've heard it. You heard it here first. Scotland <laughs> are qualified. <laughs> I've just seen John McGinn celebrating, so that just brings go. a bit of uh, relevance. Relevance to it. So um, <laughs> thanks, AJ. Thanks for being our correspondent, for being our cami tonight. Yeah, no probs. Uh, yeah, as I said, we're going to be talking about um, yeah England. Obviously, we, the game's just finished, three nil. Although personally, I switched it off after Grealish and Mings went off, but we'll talk about the game anyway. Talk about some memorable boy days, uh, and then lastly but not least, we're going to do another edition of Didier Six. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, but firstly, before we we go on to England, this is an Aston Villa podcast. So let's talk about Aston Villa quickly. AJ, what's been your what's been your thoughts of the of the season so far, mate? Uh, yeah, it's been great, hasn't it? Um, I, I just It's almost unbelievable how much better we are this season uh, versus last season. And, and obviously we improved after the break. But, you know, there was a point even after lockdown, which I think it's easy to forget after the sort of joy of staying up where, you know, 
we were when we first came back after lockdown, performances improved, but we still weren't winning games. And you know, we were sort of saying on the group chat, just like I wish some of these teams around us would just win the games and put us out of our misery because we we can't, we're just not going to stay up. Hmm. And then you know, we turned it around, we stayed up. It was miraculous. And yeah, we've added some quality um, with Watkins and Barkley and um, Matty Cash and Martinez, you know, but a lot of the players are the same players that scraped by the skin of our teeth to stay up by one point at the end of last season. Uh, And I think that's what's so remarkable and where you've got to give Smith so much credit is that He's taken that group of players. Yes, we've spent some money and added some quality, but the performances of those individual players that were the same guys that we were using last year when we were really struggling has just lifted so far uh, above where they were. You know, you look at Louise uh, as an example. Honestly, he's probably one of the best players in his position in the league so far this season. You know, you, you might say Kante and, and players like that are up there alongside him, but there are many players that at that level. And, you know, he's been doing that pretty much since lockdown. But before that, you would say he was struggling. He hadn't found his feet at this level and all that sort of thing. You've just got to give Smith credit for what he's done. And I don't think I've been happier as a Villa fan since... Lerner first came in and we had all that wave of pos- of positivity getting rid of um, Doug after so long and uh, money being invested and Martin O'Neill being the best possible manager we could appoint at the time and then challenging in the, for the top four, never quite making it, of course, because it's Villa, but not far off. And I, I honestly don't think, you know, and it, it's a decade since then, more actually, uh, I don't think I've been as happy as a Villa fan as I am. Now and you know, still realistic. A long way to go in the season. A lot to do, but God, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, from really good points that you've picked out. And Yara, we were last time we were talking about Villa together. We were just after the uh, Bristol City game, and uh, there were promising signs there early on. Watkins had just come on and scored. Uh, Troy had scored on his debut, but it was very early on in the season. Did you expect to see what you've seen in terms of Villa's performances and how we've done the Bristol City game? Uh, much like the England game today, it's one of those where you couldn't take too much away from it in terms of indications of how you're going to perform over the season because it's the second string. They're playing with a bit more freedom, but they're playing against weaker opposition. So um, that Bristol City game was, you know, um, a, a, a pretty much a walk in the park. Um, we then followed it up by in the Carabao Cup by, by losing quite disappointingly against, uh, was it Stoke? It was Stoke, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Stoke, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, there was nothing in that performance to make me think we are going to be uh, challenging for the European spots in the Premier League because, you know, there, there wasn't too much to read into a Carabao Cup and uh, Cup game in general. Um, but, um, but yeah, I was certainly confident that we were developing into a uh, team that perhaps weren't looking at 17th as their ambition and were looking more, but I was thinking more, I'd be happy with 12th, 13th, you know, baby steps, that sort of thing. I wasn't really anticipating uh, going into December um, thinking that we might be, you know, really challenging at the, at, the, at, the, at the upper end. And so far, you've got no reason to think that we can't uh, challenge at the upper You know, you go to the Emirates and win 3-0 on the apps. You know that performance at the Emirates, 
is how Arsenal tend to get turned over by the best teams. You know, Arsenal are typically flat track bullies who can beat the the lower half teams quite easily. But as soon as they come up against a City, uh, um, I was going to say uh, Chelsea, um, they they struggle. Uh, we were the City or the Chelsea in that in that performance. So um, so yeah, huge huge reasons to be optimistic. As a Villa fan, you try not to get carried away because you know we we have been burnt in the past. But um, I uh, yeah, no reason not to be full of optimism right now, eh? Yeah, no, definitely. It was quite um, weirdly quite a dominant performance for us, which is something you don't expect. I mean, the Liverpool game will live long in the memory and be a, obviously a historic win and, and something we talk about for a long time. But in terms of the manner of the win against Arsenal, Carl, I mean, for you, you know, what did you think of the performance against Arsenal and which of the games so far has been your favourite game? Would it, would it be the Liverpool game because obviously we scored seven goals or would it be the Arsenal game because of the way that we dominate that game and how we played against one of the top top four sides, potentially? I, I think the Liverpool game was the most enjoyable because it was just absolutely nuts. <clears throat> it was it was just complete bonkers that you don't you don't expect to see, and um, I was laughing. I I wasn't even celebrating the sixth and seventh goal. I was just laughing at, at what 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 are we seeing here? This is ridiculous. But I do think I do think the Arsenal performance and possibly even the Leicester performance mm. were better all round performances. We the thing with us this season is we and it sounds a bit cliched, but we look like a Premier League team. Last year, we were we were a team that looked like a team that has just been promoted by the champion uh, from the championship, and we were beating teams. But even then, there was still something where we we didn't look we we never looked like we was going to put a run of results together, and, and we did at the end of the season. Um, and I think that you know huge credit to Smith for that. But this season, we look like a Premier League team, and and we look like a good Premier League team. Um, we. We deserved um, every every um, one of the five victories. We've deserved it. We never looked like it was going to be anything other than a, um, a win to us, with exception um, possibly the Leicester game where we snatched it late on. But um, but the the Arsenal game was nearly an absolute complete performance and and um, a, a tactical masterclass from Smith. Liverpool game, you can say it was a team who were defending a bit suicidally and they did so over and over again, which just enabled us to have constant opportunities. Whereas Arsenal didn't defend suicidally against us. You know, they weren't they, they weren't great. They were pretty poor going forward, that's for sure. But it wasn't like we just exposed uh, a, a ridiculously weak Arsenal, which you could argue with the Liverpool game. It was we were just much better. I think the thing that's interesting about that game as well is despite the fact we'd just come off two defeats, obviously the Leeds game we got completely outclassed and I think, uh, well, outplayed, not outclassed. And I think Smith acknowledged he got the tactics wrong for that game. Southampton, I think I agreed with some of the stuff you guys said on the pod, Omar, around, look, you go 4-0 down at home and the assumption is that you've been completely outplayed. We weren't necessarily in the overall balance of the game. What's interesting is coming off the back of those, we went into that Arsenal game and a few of us were saying in the chat, actually, we fancy this game. And I think that speaks to what Carl's saying around, we look like a good team now. We look like a team that could do that. I think what's interesting about that is, I think where we're maybe going to find it a bit more difficult this season because of the way we play is when 
teams have a very high energetic press like Leeds do or when they're very well organised and they kind of look to do to us what we're doing to some of the better teams where they're sitting back and then they're hitting us uh, they're hitting us on the break. I think when teams come on to us, we've got so much pace and quality on the counter now that we're picking them off and that's exactly what we did against uh, against Arsenal. We were just able to um, uh, to pick them off with our pace on the you know the uh, the the third goal the perfect example of that you know Grealish using his pace and skill and ability playing in Watkins you know that those are the games where teams are going to come on to us that we're going to do well and I think it'd be interesting as the season goes on against some of those teams that set up to be difficult to beat have we got a plan to get through those teams as well. I think that's what's going to be interesting as the, as the season goes on. You mentioned a few things there. I think uh, the, the quality and pace we've got on the, the counter-attack now, which we didn't have last season. Really. No, it's a big difference and from you, last year, for sure. Big difference from last year. And I think you mentioned earlier about adding quality in the summer. Tom, I mean, looking at the new signings that we've made, obviously a lot of the existing players have, have sort of moved up a gear, as we've alluded to uh, just a minute ago. But a lot of the new signings have added that quality that we needed. I mean, what have you made of the new signings and who has impressed you? Out of all of them, well, it's I guess it's hard to pick one really. I mean, I, I guess for me personally, um, I was pretty lukewarm about signing Ross Barkley because I thought that he was, um, I suppose, mercurial is a nice way of putting it. In that you know he'll have one game where he looks like a world beater, and then he'll just be anonymous for the next two or three, or you know he'll just be a bit here and there, but he'll be anonymous when you need him. Um, but really, I've completely changed my opinion since he started playing for us. I mean, the way that he's linking up with Grealish and Target on the left is is amazing, really. Um, I think, I mean, there's there's a lot of times in the chat. I mean, obviously, last year, we'd talk about who was man of the match today, and it was, it was Grealish every game, every game, every game. Um, and this year, a lot of t- a lot of the time, we're saying, "Oh yeah, Grealish has been brilliant today, but he wasn't the best player." Or, um, and there's just so many people are contributing. But I mean, Barkley seems to be really adding to the game every time. I mean, especially the the Leicester game where he's banged that winner in at the end. I mean, we haven't we haven't really had that sort of thing for long time. Yeah. Well, for ages, really. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, I think Matty Cash is probably the obvious one. Um, he looks he looks brilliant. I think if there were less than fifteen right backs in the England squad, we'd probably be talking about him getting called up soon. But um, I mean, right across the back four now, I think everyone uh, looks excellent, and um, I think. I mean, there was a point that you made on the podcast after the Arsenal game where um, you've got Aubameyang, uh, Sacco and Tierney on the left-hand side, which is a pretty powerful set of players coming up that flank and he's just dealt with all of them on his own pretty much. I know Trezor Gay's working hard to get back, but um, I thought he was I thought he was fantastic and he's, he's barely put a foot wrong apart from a couple of things in the Southampton game. I think there's a couple of things with Barkley. I, I, I think obviously his ability on the ball, second only really to Grealish, uh, certainly in the Villa in the Villa team, but also you know there's not many in the league that are better. And you know if you look at the stats in terms of dribbles completed and all of that, there's not many in the league doing better than that with 
than, than Barkley. So just like Jack, he's able to draw players and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. I, I think there is still an element where, you know, in some of the in some of the games where we haven't played as well, you know, Leeds and Southampton, he has gone missing a little bit more. And I don't know if that's that he's been asked to play a certain way and he's sticking to that and that's not right for those games or if it is that mercurial nature of him that, that Tom mentioned. And But I almost don't mind about that at this stage in our development as a, as a team because he brings so much quality that it's sort of, you know, you can't get away with going missing for two games in a top four team, but we're not at that stage yet. And if he's going to go missing in two games, but get us three points at, at Leicester and contribute massively to us winning at the Emirates, then at this stage of our development, that's that's enough for me. That's good enough. So, uh, you know... Do you mean we're not at that stage yet? <laughs> well, it's called you up on it. We're getting there. We're getting there, but I don't think we're quite. I don't think we're quite there, mate. That's I think. I think Tom made a, made an important point there around um, Barkley and Grealish and how last year Grealish was obviously our go to go to player, and he would often see him picking up the ball from the defenders and and trying to make something happen out of nothing. Um, but this season, um, you know, I think what we've seen is the fact that Grealish is the one at the finishing off the moves, not in terms of finishing, but in terms of being the one to assist or to score the goals, which he was almost the the guy to start the move last year. Whereas this year, he's allowing people like Barkley and McGinn and Louise and even Trezeguet to an extent to, to be those players. And he's able to stay quite high up the pitch and, and be involved in that final third and, and make his final pass count. Uh, yeah, he had to, well, been, he had to is, do everything last season, didn't yeah. he? We didn't have anyone else. He had to do it. Um, there's a couple of other things I just wanted to mention versus... Uh, last season one is a kind of team thing about the added quality which is you know we actually played well at the Emirates last year uh, but we couldn't hang on whereas this year uh, even though we were 3-0 up the sort of last five or six minutes we were under no pressure we were keeping the ball in their half keeping it in the corner you know Barkley, Grealish, Cash in that right hand corner I remember McGinn chipping in that sort of game management which part of which comes from quality and the ability to keep the ball in those areas which we couldn't do last year and part of it I think comes from coaching and then the other thing which which you mentioned Omar which is around Trezeguet and I think this speaks a little bit to the quality of Smith as a coach in terms of developing individual players which he did massively at Brentford as well when you look at Trezeguet I think we all recognised his work rate last year and I think he was he he was and still is to a degree sort of limited in some ways as a winger. You know he hasn't got all the tricks and all. But I feel like last year he was still trying to do that a lot. He was trying to take players on. He was trying to do all these turns and stuff, which maybe came off when he was playing in Egypt. But in the Premier League, they weren't coming off. I feel like Smith has really focused him on what his strengths are. You know, work rate, get up and down the line get in at the back post because you know Jack's going to provide balls in there for you. Now you look at the Southampton game and what did he get? Three or four chances at the back post? And all right, he didn't convert them, but he's getting in there all the time. And I, I think that's Smith's quality as a man manager, identifying what Trezeguet can do, what he's good at and getting him to focus on those things. And I think he's, you know, his contribution uh, probably since lockdown with the look, if you look at the goals at the end of last season, but certainly this year as well, he looks like a player that's much more focused on the things that he's good at and trying to do less of the stuff that perhaps where he's more limited. And that's fine. Players have their limitations. 
Well, I was, when when I mentioned that we look more of a a Premier League team this year, when just going back to your point about um, how we didn't look in trouble sort of last five, ten minutes against Arsenal. The biggest example was that when we scored, and I can't remember how late it was Barkley scored at Leicester, but I think there was there was still five minutes of injury time and a couple of minutes. I don't think we allowed Leicester to touch the ball in, in that period. We kept the ball. They had one free kick that Schmeichel took that um, we, we just, um, Martinez collected, and that was the only time they touched the ball in that period. And I think that is the that is a huge difference that when we go ahead now, you don't immediately think, right, how are we going to throw it this was away? So, it was so un-Villa-like, wasn't it? It, it? it was like, you know, I'm so used to associating Villa teams with a lack of composure. And I think composure is the key word. Like, I think we are so composed now when we have the lead. I mean, and it's telling, I think, in all of our games so far in the Premier League, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first team to score has won the game. So in all the games where we've scored first, we've won. And then Leeds and Southampton, we conceded first. Now, what's interesting on the mental front is we didn't seem to respond too well to going behind against Leeds and Southampton. So that's something maybe to be worked on. But in terms of how we see out games, last year we threw away huge amounts of points, didn't we, from winning positions. Uh, And this year we haven't thrown away any. I was going to say, I think that's a fair point in the Leeds game, I don't think you could say we didn't respond in the Southampton game because we did pull three goals back and all right, two of them were pretty late on and Southampton had gone down a gear and all of that. But I think we did respond. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I think uh, some some valid points and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how the season goes and we, we'll see how we progress. And we've got, we've got a good run of games coming up as well. Um, uh, starting off with Brighton, obviously, after the international break. Um, and obviously, we're going to talk about Jack in England. Uh, England have just won three nil, uh, and Jack really, you know, again involved in pretty much everything good that England did today. Um, I wouldn't say he was one of his best games. You know, that for that, that for him is probably a five or six out of ten. But for England, he's still getting praised and, and being talked about and and, and lauded. Uh, Tom, what did you think of, of Jack's performance overall in that game? Um. I th- well, I thought it was pretty good. I think if if I wasn't a Villa fan, I'd probably thought it was really good. But it's just obviously watching what he does for us every week. I'm kind of expecting miracles all the time, I suppose. Um, but I mean, he's he's got an assist. He was, I think, he probably made more dribbles, got more touches of the ball, created more in the opposing third than anyone else on the pitch. Really, um, I think if I mean, the ref looked like he wasn't uh, too fussed about giving free kicks. So um, I don't think he won many set pieces, but I think his his performance was great all round. And, and again, it's just it's just brilliant watching him as much as anything. You know, um, we can talk about the stats that he gets and the numbers that he's clocking up these days. But I mean, just watching him run around with the football is is just a it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it really is. And uh, I mean, what, Carl, what have you made of what's been going on with, with Jack, Mason Mount, Southgate, that whole saga? I mean, do you think Southgate has a point uh, and has a valid point from where, from his point of view that where he's coming from? Or do you think what, what the majority of people are saying that, you know, Grealish needs to be in his team and we need to be building a side around him? I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, um, Southgate might have a valid point, but he's not made it yet. He's not made a, any any sort of argument that would mean that Grealish doesn't 
get into this team. And and if he doesn't, if he decides he's going to set up diff- slightly differently the way where Jack doesn't fit in perfectly, you at least use him as your first sub that can change a game when you need a goal. I think the Mason Mount stuff. I mean, you know, it's hilarious. We can all um, we can all make memes and laugh at them. And uh, I, I mean, I was really surprised that Southgate even mentioned them. I mean, he's an international football manager, and it was slightly amusing. But he's, he's, he just keeps drawing attention to the fact that he has an issue with um, Jack Grealish, and it can't. I keep saying it can't be a footballing issue. It can't be because he's clearly, clearly, um, if not the best English player, the most informed English player there is at the moment. Um, whether you'd play him in midfield or, or on the wing, it, it doesn't matter. I, I I would just find a place for him. And I used I used to have a slight doubt that it's just because I'm a Villa fan. But it's not. You you have a look at any football fans now, and they're all saying he should be in. And they've only really seen him for England in in two meaningless friendlies, where in both games he was he was man of the match. Yeah, um, I mean, Jara, do, do you think he deserves a chance now, given his performances against Wales, firstly, and now Ireland? Do you think he deserves a chance in the competitive games? No doubt whatsoever. And I, I mean, the, the Carl's absolutely right. The strangest thing about the whole Southgate thing was the reluctance to bring him on against Denmark in a game where England were just toiling and they were getting nowhere and they looked so uncreative. And it looked like the only way to score was through a set piece, which Jack is the master at winning. Um, So that, I mean, I was a bit late to the whole knives out for Southgate over Grealish thing because I kind of missed those Nations League games a couple of months ago. I didn't see them. So I wasn't uh, aware of how bad we were. And I thought maybe there was a slight overreaction here and maybe it's Villa fans getting a bit precious about Grealish. But then I watched those games, uh, which included that Denmark game, and I was at a loss as to why he wasn't using him when Grealish had just delivered a man of the match performance against Wales um so yeah uh in that regard I think yeah, absolutely I mean Jack on his club form alone absolutely deserves a shot um in the England team on the basis of his two friendly performances that 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 goes up even more um I mean um I I have sympathy for the argument that it's difficult to dislodge Sterling and Rashford um because they are you know high quality players playing at the highest level um, but um, I'm also slightly a subscriber to the view that if you can't make a team work around Grealish, then you're probably doing something wrong because that's how good he is. I mean, what would what, what, Carl? What do you make of the the formation that we're playing? The England are playing uh, this. Well, apparently a three-five-two. But what, what do you make of that? I mean, do you think that's too safe for international football? Or do you think that's the way to go going forward? Well, yeah, it's it's not. I mean, firstly, it, it's not a three-five-two. I, I mean, I. I <laughs> There's, there's, there'll be certain games where you, you would use that formation and it would work against certain teams, but um, and strangely work today in a, in a game where you just wouldn't you wouldn't play that formation. I mean, they had one centre forward who I think touched the ball three or four times. Mings was playing like a left winger. He was he was the left sided centre half, and he I I I'm, I I'm, I didn't count them all. I mean, I was watching Mings quite closely today. And Mings had, I, I, I think he had more touches in their penalty box than he did in our penalty <laughs> yeah. box, which is which is just insane. And so, so no, there was no. I mean, I, I get it. I understand what he's trying to do. He doesn't get much time with the players. He wants a set formation. This is the way he wants us to play. 
And so he's playing it regardless of the opposition. But I don't think you can do that as a, an international manager. And you're certainly not going to win any international tournaments playing the same formation in, uh, and tactics in every game. I know uh, Ireland were, well, it was a very weak Ireland team that we played and it was a bit like a training match. But I thought we looked so much more balanced with Mings on the left-hand side. And, and actually Mings' performance was, was probably better than Grealish's performance for me. Uh, I thought Mings did everything right. And then even that little flick at the end uh, to, to Sacco epitomised his performance really and summed it up. Uh, I thought... I was going to say, I thought, I thought Grealish linked up well with Saka today. Do you think we could put a cheeky bid in? Saka loves him when he's raving about Grealish in the, uh, the press. Yeah, the I mean, we, we take Arsenal's best players these days, right? And then we go down the Emirates and we dick them. So, you know, um, I think, yeah. I think, I think we, I think Saka should, uh, should consider himself fortunate if we're interested. Well, yeah, Martinez has said it's a step up, hasn't it? That's, yeah, uh, that's, that's his own word. So there you go. Yeah, he did. For him, it was a step up. Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, but um, yeah, I thought Mings was really good today. Uh, but you're right. He was bombing forward, wasn't he? He was getting ahead of yeah. Saka and Grealish. And we- and, and he, you can't, if you're playing three centre halves, and Southgate's done this on numerous occasions, you can't play a right a right footer on the left. If you're playing three centre halves, I think the left side has to be a left footer um, because it allows you to get out easier. Although there was, in the first half at least, Maguire was really reluctant to um, pass across to, to Mings. And I, I I wasn't sure why, because it was an, an, a much easier um, ball than what he was what he was trying to do. But I, I, did, I agree. I think, relatively speaking, Mings was better than Grealish. I'd still possibly say, if you watch that match and you come away thinking Mings had a better game than Grealish, I don't, I don't know whether I'd agree with that, because Grealish literally, create, whilst he was on the pitch, created everything for yeah, England. Yeah. But... But it, you're right, it was still a 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10 for Grealish because he's, he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. We've seen that a couple of times with Grealish uh, for Villa this season, I think, uh, where Leicester game, I'm thinking of one um, as one example, where he was probably the best player or one of the best players on the pitch, uh, but in a, in a, in a sort of a, quite a tight game. Um, you know, he, he still could have played better, I think, and, and he, he made a few passes where he should have done better. But, you know, I still think he was still the, that shows you what a level what level he's at playing at now. Whereas his five six out of ten last season was probably him being a little bit quiet and in, out of the game a little bit. Whereas his five or six out of ten now is still him being one of the best players on the pitch, which shows you the ability that yeah. he's got. I think we're spoiled now, aren't he's, we? He's yeah. almost an impossible player to assess properly because it's so disproportionate. He gets into so many attacking positions and has so many opportunities to damage the opposition that when he you know if he doesn't. If three or four times in the game he makes the slightly the wrong decision, uh, then you go, oh, his decision making. Then you go, well, actually, no, because there were 10 other times when he made <laughs> yeah. the absolutely bang on correct decision. Um, and it's so, yeah, so yeah, you're spoiled is the word. We're so spoiled watching him. That's, a good, that's a good point, though. And, and, and AJ, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this because last year, and I've heard this from a few different Villa fans, non Villa fans, you know, they were talking about stats and, and Villa fans were bigging up, you know, the chances created by Grealish and, and how well he was doing with all these other metrics and all these other stats. But in terms of the goals and assists, he wasn't up there with the likes of Rashford or, or Sterling or even Sancho in Germany. But this year, that sort of changed completely now where he's still creating those chances, but now he's getting those, those, those stats, you know, the, the end product. He's getting that on, a, on his scoreboard, if you like. Uh, which is something Southgate mentioned. What, what what do you think that's? What would you boil that down to? Would you think that's you know Smith maybe trying to get him higher up the pitch, like we've said earlier, and getting getting him to do less of the the donkey work, or do you think it's more the fact that he's playing with better players? Yeah, I, I think it's really hard to judge because as we 
as we spoke about earlier last season, he was carrying us head of, like on his shoulders. He was having to come deep. He was having to pick the play up. He's having to develop the move at the beginning from deep, and then he's got to break for. And you know, so uh, I think I, I don't know the stats well enough to tell you whether this is right or not. But my sense is he's in those advanced positions more often. And, you know, he's getting more opportunities. He's creating more opportunities. Um, And, you know, last year, his stats were still phenomenal. Like, if you look at the the chances created, the big chances created, that sort of thing. I think the other thing is, you know, Watkins, Barkley, those players around him, you give Ollie Watkins a couple of chances, he's going to take them. The best one in the world, if you create a couple of chances for Davis or Samata, they're probably not going to take them at the same rate. So just purely, you know, when you look at big chances created, however much store you put in that sort of stat, uh, he was still producing that last season for me. He just didn't have someone on the end of it that was actually converting those chances. So you don't see it in the assists column. But if you look in the chances created column, it was still there. And I think I'm right in saying, uh, but again, I'm not all over the stats, that this season his expected assists are the best in the division um and it you know so perhaps he's producing both producing more and it's getting capitalized on more i don't know but to me he was still this amazing last year and now he's just got more around him he hasn't got that added pressure on to pick the ball up from deep and and all those other things we've we've spoken about um but he's just such an unbelievable player and we were talking on the the chat weren't we the other day about if he does leave eventually, if someone pays the money for him, how do you replace him? And, and I honestly don't think we're ever going to see in our lifetimes a player as good as Jack Grealish, again, playing for the Villa. We're just not. Uh, and in, in a way, hopefully he stays for years and years and we don't have to worry about that situation. But if he doesn't, then, you know, I mean, I know people, mates, dads and stuff who saw the European Cup winning team and they think he's the best player they've ever seen play for the Villa. So... You know, he's just he's just unbelievable, and it's an absolute privilege to to watch him every week. It takes something to dis dislodge McGrath eh, in people's memories, but he's he's actually that good. Well, not just McGrath, but you look at those people who saw that European Cup winning side, and you know Cowan's at his peak, and Morley, and uh, Mortimer, and all of those players. Who, you know, we're all too young to have seen in the in the flesh, but. You know, they won the league in the European Cup, you know, that team saying, you know, they must have been pretty decent. And people who saw those I saw guys... Cowan's, but that's because he played for us over a period of about 24 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. pretty different. Well, and he was still good. Even in yeah. his third spell, he was yeah. still pretty good. So, um, so yeah, I just think he's he's unreal. And I, I'm, I'm glad in a way that the rest of the football world is starting to appreciate what we've known as Villa fans for five or six years, if not more, um, that he he just is an, an absolutely unbelievable player. And, and genuinely, I would say, currently on form in the top 10 in, in the world. Uh, and you look at, um, you look at people like, you look at the argument about where he should play for England and Rashford and Sterling, perhaps ahead of him, if you're looking at that left midfield berth. And I'm not saying he's a better player than, Raheem Sterling, like Sterling is unbelievable. You look at the goals he scored for City and all of that. But on current form, is he better than Sterling? Yeah. Would I pick him in that England team ahead of Sterling on current form? Yeah, I would. Um, I, I, I'd say he's better than him. But um, No surprise there. Um, 
Yeah, I, I genuinely think, and I was just going to say, and I thought it'd be a, a controversial thing for me to say, but you've just said it. Um, so I'll have to go one better. <laughs> I reckon he's one of the top five in the world. <laughs> um, no, but in, in, in all seriousness, just one point. On, on, we keep saying it's like a, a six out of ten performance by Grealish. You'll notice, or I, I notice that those games are the games where we were not troubled. I think he leaves that extra percent where he knows there might be a time he has to grab the game by the scruff of its neck and just and do it all by himself. And he he always looks like today he that was that wasn't even second gear that he was in. Like he he was just strolling around doing what he wanted. If England really needed a goal, he'd have been able to grab the ball and and he would go deep regardless of what any manager told. He did him. a couple of times. He's that sort of player. Yeah, he will go deep. He'll get the ball because he he loves playing football. He just wants to get on on the ball and 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 you know look like a genius. And he and he does pretty much every game. Yeah, that's a good, it's a valid point. Before we move on to memorable away days, Tom, I, I'll be interested to hear what you think. How you know we talked about him being six out of ten, and he's got these extra gears and and what have you. And and I do think a Carl's point made point a point he made there about him taking the game scruff of the neck. And I think he did that against Arsenal in the last 25 minutes where he just took the game away from Arsenal. And we saw that a little bit then. I mean, how good do you think Grealish can, can be? And, and you know, we're talking about him looking at the history of Villa players. Uh, I mean, right now, where would you rate him and how good do you think he'll, he can be? And not just in Villa's history, but in, in, terms of, in terms of football, you know, where we are now in terms of world-class level, how, do, how good do you think he can be? I mean, yeah, I think he's definitely the best I've seen. Um, I, I mean, I remember when he when he came into the game for, uh, into the team for a few games under Tim Sherwood, and uh, and then there was that there was the big game against Liverpool where everyone took notice. And I remember thinking, oh, this guy's this guy's pretty good, but I didn't think he was going to be anywhere near as as good as he is now. Um, but when he, I remember when he decided he wasn't going to play for Ireland and he was going to play for England. Uh, not long after, I thought that's that's it. Now, as soon as he gets in the England team, somebody's going to buy him. So, I'm kind of been seeing every season we've had since then as a bit of a bonus. Um, and at the same time, I've been getting quite angry every time he doesn't get in the England team, which is a bit weird. But uh, um, yeah, in terms of where he is in the world, I mean, if he if he was at if Real Madrid bought him, would he look out of place? You know, if you look at players like Hazard, um, who's been had a similar impact in the Premier League, like Vinicius. I mean, are these are these players better than Grealish? I mean, it's obviously we're biased, but I think he I think he'd look amazing at Real Madrid. I think he'd be brilliant playing against Spanish teams. I think he's it's hard to think of anyone in Italy who's better than him. Um, yeah, like I mean, Hazard is maybe the closest uh, comparison point in terms of style of play. Um, you know, in terms of those elite players, I feel like Hazard is perhaps the most Jack esque. Would you say? Same, same sort of um, centre of gravity. Yeah. How, how it looks easy for them to go past players. He's probably sort of he's, he's, he's smaller, isn't he? Hazard. He is. I don't yeah, know. I'd have to yeah. check. He is, yeah. yeah, he looks. He looks yeah, Jack- um, so he looks quicker. He looks quicker. But Jack, people think Jack Grealish is, isn't isn't quick. He's incredibly quick. And he lacks the pace and athleticism to play for England, mate. Yeah. But but he's 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 the only footballer I've ever seen that is quicker when he's got the football than when he doesn't have the football. He just sort of he 
the ball sticks to him as he runs, doesn't he? His natural running stride is in line with the ball, which you don't get to see that often. You know, you see players slow down with the ball, but he he runs with the ball yeah. almost like it's stuck to his foot. Like, you know, I know that's a cliche thing to say, but he, he genuinely does that. And Bellerin, we saw that against Bellerin. You know, Bellerin is one of the quickest fullbacks in the league. And without the ball, he couldn't catch up with him. And and then the strength that, you know, pace and athleticism, AJ made made a sort of tongue-in-cheek comment there, which, you know, going back to what Southgate said a few weeks ago, you know, that I think has been a massive factor in terms of Grealish's development because he's always had that ability to carry the ball, always had that low centre of gravity and ability to hold off players. But that pace and athleticism now, he's got the strength as well. Uh, is is so much, you know, it's so important in the Premier League and I think that's given him that extra level. And I think that run against... Can I just draw, in... some, draw attention to something? Sorry. Can I just draw attention to something Tom said? He says, is there a player better in Italy than Grealish at the moment? He's... He's either forgetting Ronaldo <laughs> plays for Ju- Juventus yeah. or he said that. something even more controversial. <laughs> Let's forget yeah. about that. Let's forget about that. I, I was just yeah. going to say, I think that run against Bayern like, tells you a lot about us as a team and how we've developed, which we already talked about, but about Jack as a player as well. Like that run, uh, the pace, and also this whole idea that he goes down too easily, like the strength at the end of that run where he just shrugs. Uh, bearing off the ball and then plays a perfectly weighted pass and that's another thing because he's so good on the ball people don't talk a lot about Jack's passing but actually every single pass and I think this is often a sign of a really good player that gets overlooked and, and Scholes is a great example of this even when he's playing a simple ball it's perfect like even if you're just laying it back to the centre half it's perfect the weight, the weight is perfect yeah, yeah. they don't have to do anything to trap it or control it and that is just constant with with Grealish as well. Like he's just got so he's just got so much. It's it's almost like hard to describe how how good a player he is or his all round ability. I think I I found that really noticeable tonight. And I don't know. I think it was Ian Wright in the week said something about the weight of Grealish's pass. He said something like the weight mm. of his pass is always perfect. And I and I, and I for that reason I was kind of keeping a lookout for it a bit more tonight and it was really noticeable every single ball that he was playing was just absolutely where the receiving player would want to get it and um pick it up on what you were saying about this idea that he goes down easy that's such a nonsense i mean the guy gets kicked constantly and he just and he, he does go i mean he goes down to 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 i mean maybe he can be a bit clever in winning a free kick every now and again yeah um but he's not he's certainly not diving um he's not a dishonest player and you know the the real noticeable thing for me is how quickly he gets back up again he's, he's always getting kicked and he just gets back up again smile on his face let's go I think he draws fouls and I think that really frustrates opposition players and fans. Uh, and sometimes he's he's playing for it, but then if he's playing for it and you still foul him, then that's still a foul and that's on you for not yeah. being good enough to avoid fouling him. Like, I'm so sorry. But, and bringing it know. back to England as well, that point around fouling. You know, England, we did so well in, in the previous tournament because of free kicks and set pieces. So how you can't have a player who's who does this Villa time in, time out, you know, again, wins free kicks in dangerous areas. You know, how can you not have that, that kind of player in your team who's going to do that for you? Because, you know, let's, let's face it, England, when they come up against better opposition, will struggle to break teams down because of this formation and the way that we want to play. It's, it's, it's much easier to, you know, and international teams, making this point on Twitter earlier, international teams are so well organised these days. You know, they, they spend a long time in terms of their shape off the ball. They're very hard to break down. The better teams, especially, 
that it's easier to have a player who can take two or three players out of position because of his ability on the ball and being able to go past players rather than trying to play intricate passes and, and play in between the lines, etc. when the passing lanes aren't there, you know, and win those free kicks high up the pitch. And I think that's so important. And hopefully, you know, going forward, we'll, we see more of Grealish in the England team and, and we hopefully see him in these competitive games and, and give him a chance. And I think, you know, him coming out, him coming off uh, 60 minutes or whenever it was today is probably a good sign, hopefully, that he might have a chance to have, have some minutes in those games. Uh, and I think, you know, Southgate said something to him, hopefully that was yeah, your starting next game rather than, oh, how do you think Mount played? Uh, <laughs> but uh, we will see and, uh, you know, we'll look forward to those games as well. Uh, but, but Which, moving by the on way, I I thought Mason Mount played very well, playing in he his did, actual yeah. proper yeah. position. Matt, as a right I, mean, no, we, I think all Villa fans, most Villa fans, rate Mount as a player and like him. Uh, this, uh, I, I think it's Southgate's own doing, really. This Mount versus Greedish thing, rather than anything else. It's it's uh, a nonsense, really, isn't it? But it's just it's just because he answered that one question with an answer about Mason Mount, and it's and his own so fault. That, that, that's, that's, more than once. Was it more than once? Yeah, he did do it a couple of times. It's a bit weird. It's not Villa fans who picked it up on you. But anyway, let's let's move on to uh, some memorable away days. Uh, We'll we'll spend a quick 10 minutes on this before we move on to Didier 6, because obviously we're we're a little bit short for time. Uh, But uh, Carl, can I go to you first, mate? And uh, just tell me some of your, one of your favourite away days that you've had and and some stories to share as well. Um, Okay. I'm going to have to choose a St. Andrew's trip as one of my favourite. And it was an, Awful game, um, if I remember, and it was the uh, 1-0 win with uh, Kevin Phillips scoring. Um, I remember being as hungover as any human could ever be and just waiting for something to happen in the game. And I I think it was quite, I think it was the first half. I mean, I was so hungover. I don't think I've ever watched the match back. I don't think I've ever watched any highlights. I've seen the goal now. You sure you were there? (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely was. And, and, and the, the bit that I remember most was um, our lovely um, West Midlands police decided it was a good idea to, to release the Villa fans into the car park, so out of the ground, but close the gates, so we're just in an open pen, and um, just be have bottles of piss fired at us <laughs> for about 15 minutes. Um so that was that was a particular favourite, but what? Do you of, like bottles of piss? One bottles of, of piss. One, one, one of your favourites is it? Is that is that what you like to drink? Yeah, yeah. No, it was. I mean, we'd we'd won one now. I don't care what they was chucking at us. Could have been chucking feces. On, on <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Wouldn't, which wouldn't be on light blue. Let's face it. But um, my 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 actual favourite trip uh, again. I can't remember the score. Tom and AJ were there, but I met them there, and it was Bolton uh, Reebok Stadium played Bolton and me, my two brothers and one of our friends um, who will remain nameless. Um, I don't know why I said that, <laughs> but um, we, we realized it was cheaper than to get train tickets. It was cheaper to, to get a limo and we got a limo <laughs> from Birmingham to the Reebok stadium. He hung around for us for a few hours till the match finished and we got a limo Did back. A limo? It, was, it was proper. <laughs> I've never heard this it, story. It was proper, proper lording it up. But Tom, Tom and AJ had come from Blackpool, I think, yeah, the night before. It was, uh, that, yeah. it was last away game of the season. Uh, yeah. 
It was a two-all draw, I believe. Is that Luke yeah, Luke Moore score? Two-all draw, Luke Moore getting the equaliser, if I'm... If yeah, 2-2. Two, two. Craig, yes. Craig Gardner so, scored a volley, didn't he? Yeah, yeah thanks. So. Yes. So, fancy dress. Uh, we'd all gone as clergy. I went as the cardinal, obviously. Uh, and uh, we'd gone to Blackpool. The, the, I think it was a Sunday game, wasn't it? So, I think we'd gone up on the Saturday and gone out. I think it was the, the last day of the season, yeah. It was, yeah. That's why it was fancy dress. Last away game of the season. And um, we tried to go out in Blackpool and they wouldn't let us in anywhere without shoes on. And we didn't have shoes because we're scruffy buggers. So no, we had um, trainers on, it wasn't like... Yeah, yeah, we, we didn't have... We had to take the Jesus theme that, yeah, that wasn't far. Barefoot. 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 <laughs> no. the barefoot. So we said to this bouncer at this, uh, at, this, at this club in Blackpool, if we were in fancy dress, would you let us in? So he, yeah, so we went back to our uh, B&B um and changed into our uh clergy get up still with our trainers on underneath and then everywhere would let you in which just shows you how ridiculous door policies are and how stupid blackpool is but god we had a should phenomenal we do, should, we do an, should we do an hour on door policies should we do that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. so we had yeah. a phenomenal episode 19 yeah. Bonus then, episode. Uh, we we met carl and that at the ground and then i think in the ground we were stood uh behind nigel kennedy weren't we if i remember correctly celebrity we stood next to him. yeah 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 yeah, I, I was also at that game, by the way. I'm not. I'm not. I've not been mentioned on your. Uh, but oh, was you? I, I thought you said. Ouch. I thought Ouch. you said you wasn't no, at that game. I, I, I was there, but what happened? I, I came to the game on the day, so I didn't do the Blackpool thing. I didn't do the limo thing. I came from London on the day, and also turned up at about half an hour into the game because I didn't realise the Reebok Stadium is actually in Harwich, not in Bolton. And I think I got a train to Bolton and was there for about three o'clock. And they went, oh, God. I mean, slightly my own fault for not really researching where the ground was. Um, but yeah, I was I was very late for that game. Is it, does a limo cost the same as a normal, the equivalent cabin down south then in Bolton? Is that, is that what you mean? Yeah, well, no, I think, I mean, I, I, I think we got a friend's discount from from someone. Did you uh, say a limo all the but, way from uh, Birmingham to Bolton? Yeah, yeah, and he he, he stayed there for us till after the game, and we went back in it. Crazy, I've, I, I, that's amazing. That's amazing. It was brilliant. It's almost, it was almost better brilliant. than the world famous rat story that we haven't touched on, which is which is well, not Villa yeah, related, we, but it's not. You know, it's not <laughs> that deserves its own podcast. Like, that does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just yeah, just for listeners. Um, uh, yeah, should we go into? I don't know, there's no point going no. into it, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think leave the mystery. Leave the If you if you're interested, then send us the DM. Not like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just send us a DM and I'll tell you the story. But anyway, a memorable day. Tom, what, what's your memory of that night? I've seen the pictures. Uh, I've seen the picture of you draped <laughs> over AJ. Uh, yeah, my, my memory is pretty thin. Um, I remember uh, the, <laughs> I've some, I've basically I remember everything up to putting the um, priest outfit on, on the Saturday. Um, I, think I, had a, I think I had a beard, not dissimilar to the one I've got at the moment, uh, but like a big fake beard that, some bird nicked off me in the nightclub and then um basically i was so battered that um going on all the way through saturday night and all the rest of sunday that i remember very little apart from nigel kennedy <laughs> i think you uh, i think you lost your debit card as well as your beard mate all oh, right well, that, yeah, that, nigel, Ken- nigel kennedy uh, nicked it yeah <laughs> great well great some great stories there thanks boys uh, well, i wasn't expecting uh, you got I, one more, Jaro, for us? I, I feel like we cannot go without mentioning Blackburn, which which, which um, I think Carl, Tom, and I think Sam was at, but maybe not AJ. Um, no, I wasn't 
No, uh, but this was like O'Neill's first season, I think. Um, and um, we won 2 1 with Patrick Berger and a late Gabby winner where he rounded Brad Friedel to stick it in. Um, but to me, the, the main reason why Blackburn is so memorable is because the away seats, uh, we were on the back row and behind us were some people in boxes who were supporting the home team. Uh, and basically behind us were basically a couple of kids. They were like 12 and 14 at, at oldest. Um, but obviously when Gabby sticks the winner in, we don't care about their age. We're just turning around, giving them the fingers. Giving them, and, <laughs> and then I, I remember we were literally rolled down the stairs in some kind of huggy pylon after Gabby had scored as well. Um, it was It was scenes. It was limbs. It was everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one of us did the old slip throat sign to the It's not not our best. Let's, uh, not let's, our best let's hope those kids are okay right now. Yeah, they've, they've, oh, grown, no, fine. they've grown up no, to be yeah. sensible, mature adults, and that hasn't impacted their their, <laughs> their life well, at all. But do, weren't we getting a load of shit off the um, off the guy in the train station? Like the announcer. Yes. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. The annou- well, we were singing our Villa songs, you know, buoyant and happy because we just won 2-1. Um, and I can't remember what the, the tunes were, but they would have been pissed taken towards Blackburn. And then he got on the tannoy and did uh, Have You Ever Won the Premier League, I think. I think he sang that. Um, which Because football started in 1992, <laughs> of course. Well, for a Blackburn know. fan, that's a very convenient point yeah. to start it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it If is. I was a Blackburn fan, I'd do that probably, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to uni with one Blackburn fan, and that's what he talked about. So, yeah, the the Blackburn the fan. Blackburn, yeah. <laughs> I, I was shocked, shocked to find him, but yeah, he yeah. was a Blackburn fan. But yeah, thanks for that. That was really, uh, really good, actually. Uh, I've seen, I've seen a lot of those pictures, so it's good to uh, to hear about them. Uh, but yeah, I think with you guys, I've only been to home games. I don't think. Oh no, I went to Millwall away with uh, Yarrow actually, didn't we? I, met, I think <laughs> oh. I, I think I went. I think I met. Uh, I think Carl, you might have been there. Sam might have been there. I can't remember. I think Sam was there. Sam, Sam was I've there. Never, I've never Sam been to Millwall. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Ta- Tom, Amy. you would have been there, I think, because you were in London at the time. Yeah, I think uh, I left after about twenty minutes or something. I just yeah, went back yeah, to yeah. the pub. Me, me and Yarrow were uh, debating whether to leave. And, we tried uh, to get out. We tried to get out with like 10 out. minutes. It was one all and it was in the FA Cup. And I think it was heading to a replay maybe. Yeah. Um, ben, so... ben, ben had scored and uh, Millwall fans yeah, spent about right. 50 minutes yeah. singing racist songs. And yeah, we heard, yeah we heard a few racist tra- And like, you know, we were like, well, we don't want to be, you know, if it's going to a replay, sod it. Let's get out of here. But then they, they closed the gates and said, right, you're basically kettled in till full time. So we went back and went out to see Millwall score the winner. And it was like, oh, well, glad glad we were able to stick around for that. I mean, I mean, Millwall singing racist songs, Blues fans throwing feces around the place. Uh, I mean, it just sums it all up, doesn't it? And they, are these, are these are our favourite away days that we're supposed to be <laughs> 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 the, the best thing about Millwall was um, they, they, they scored first, I think. Uh, ben scored, but I don't know if he equalised or scored first. I think Millwall scored first. But they um, they got a free kick near the corner flag. And although they got the free kick, all the Millwall fans started throwing bottles at the linesman for giving the free kick to them, <laughs> which was just typical Millwall. It didn't make any sense. But they were throwing plastic bottles at his face. And I, did, I didn't understand any of it. But yeah, that was horrible. And literally, we were trying, me and Yara tried to get out. And the guy said, oh, you're a minute too late, a minute early, and you'd have been allowed out. And a similar thing happened to us as well. We had to wait like an hour in this enclosure. Mill, Millwall and Blues are my two kettling in experiences. And yeah, uh, yeah, they, they, yeah they weren't great. 
Well, thanks for your uh, worst away days there, guys. That was really good. <laughs> your darkest memories. <laughs> Didn't even touch on Chelsea 7 1. No, let's not go to that. Or me, me being left in a pub on my own in West Ham for 20 minutes after. Oh, Christ. Oh, get over it, Adrian. <laughs> never going to get over it. <laughs> anyway, moving on quickly. Uh, it's time for your favourite part of the show, the part that everyone talks about. It is Didier 6. Didier six. Right, guys. So, <laughs> just for just for those who, obviously, you guys have been listening to the pod, so you know. But just for those who are listening for the first time, Didier six. Yes, I know he's uh, the world famous Aston Villa player who played in the seventies. But actually, it's the title of our game show, which is the Aston Villa version of Room One Hundred One. And the reason why it's called Didier Six because originally it was meant to be you had six choices, six football-related or Villa-related things to go into Room 101, and we debate it, and I decide whether it goes in. We've since changed that to three each, and you get two points for each one that goes in. But since we've got about 55 people on this uh, this podcast this time around, we're going to do it slightly differently. So everyone's going to have... There's four of them. Actually, not 55. Sorry, count it wrong. Uh, everyone's going to get one choice each, and then... The two that I think are the best, they'll get a reserve choice. So we'll have six in total. Uh, and the VBB football crew are going to go in as one. So they're, they're a team in this one. So they're not individuals. So play as a team. Um, so if you want to back up any points made, then then go for it. But you will have 60 seconds per point to make. And then I'll decide after a bit of toing and froing. Carl, all right, you go first, mate. So your 60 seconds starts. Oh, God. Oh, right. Is there a time limit on it? There is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit. Right, I've done yeah, no prep here. I'll have, to, yeah. I'll have to cut this uh, cut this down. Uh, right. Ready, Carl? Ready, set, go. Yeah. Right, okay. So I'd like to put in 99% of every throw-in we've ever taken uh, over the past 20 years. Uh, if we get a throw-in, the TV cameras, uh, if you're not at the ground, the TV cameras will cut away and it's 100% guaranteed that when it comes back, the opposition's got the team. And... Um, now that's uh, got the ball. Sorry, this time limit's confusing me. Right, so God, I'm rushing now. But one additional point to that, um, and I'm a 40 year old man, and I feel bad for doing this, but it, and it's connected. Is that every ball boy or girl we've ever had at Villa Park have been absolutely rubbish. They can't catch. They can't throw it five yards. Absolutely awful. Genuinely, I think our upturn in performances since lockdown has been mainly because we haven't got any of the Villa Park ball boys. That's it. Brilliant. End. Well done. Well done. Just in time as well. Brilliant. Uh, well, Sidwell was a pretty good ball boy, wasn't he? That was all he was good for. Yeah. <laughs> See, should have got. We should. He's not employed these days, yeah, yeah, is he? Just yeah. get Sidwell. Yeah. yeah. We should get the ex pros to sit around the pitch. Is Sidwell still playing? Is he is he is he a free agent or something? Oh, I don't know. I see him on TV now and again, uh, and and having banter with Gabby on Instagram about exercise bikes and stuff like that. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, all right. Throw-ins. Let's talk about it. AJ, what are your thoughts on throw-ins? I agree with uh, Carl. I'm I'm less passionate about the ball boy situation. I've got, I've got to say, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't ex- I I did expect say, that. I've, I can't say I've noticed <laughs> that to any. <laughs> I can't say I've noticed that to any great extent. But um, yeah, the throw-ins. I do think like I can't remember a time where we generally. I mean, throw-ins are a bit of a nonsense anyway, aren't they? And I don't think Rory Delap aside, anyone's brilliant. Other teams keep hold of the ball. Yeah, other teams throw-ins. like the basics of keeping the ball, 
a bit of movement Liver- around, you know. Functional, Liverpool, I Liverpool, do Liverpool, think Liverpool got a throwing coach, haven't they? Is it Liverpool? Or Brentford had one, I'm sure. I one think, of those two. It was <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. One of those Liverpool or Brentford. I mean, that's nonsense. I don't want us to be that good at throwing. <laughs> yeah, just, just not. You, you, don't, yeah, you don't want adequate. us to be good at throwing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, no, not you, that. Not that? that good. I don't think we, I don't think we should employ a, a, a throwing coach. Well, and, and actually, Unless and it's say 99% from the beginning of the season or maybe the end of last season, where we have got a throw in now, and that is use McGinn's arse to throw it. So he then puts his arse into the uh, whoever's marking him, and then he just whips it, usually out for a, a throw into the other team, to be fair. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, just, just dreadful. Dreadful at uh, Tom, what do you think of our current throwing situation? <laughs> Um, well, I've I've not been paying that much attention. I, to be I, honest, I, I like. never thought I'd say that in a sentence. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> um, I uh, I don't think I hate the children as much as Carl does, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it is it is annoying when you you just at the ground and you see the the throw, and I mean you can't nobody see this on the podcast, but like someone's got the ball in one hand and they've got the other hand out and they're sort of looking like this for about know, thirty seconds, and then they throw it to the wrong person, and no one moves around, no one does anything, and it's. I feel like that was it's a real of... hallmark of our O'Leary years. I have a real association with our O'Leary years, and then this, this, this. Yeah, Dela Cruz looking for someone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to yeah. say Jay Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Lloyd Samuel looking for someone wiping the ball. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, right, I'm going to make a decision. Right, um, if you'd said just said throw-ins, I probably would have put it in. But the fact that you went so big on ball boys is concerning. Yeah, me a little I agree. Bit. You should have kept ball boys for your bonus one. Yeah. The ball boys are the main part in this. <laughs> you know what, actually? And you know what? The passion you're speaking to this about. I oh, just... oh, Omar, Omar, I swear. If you, like, I've, <laughs> I've, mum, I've, I'm a 40 year old man and, like, I'm, said... I mumble to myself about this. It's so annoying. We, we should be better. Firstly, we should be better at, um, at, at throw-ins. Secondly, if you're employing ball boys and girls, and I'm really sorry I'm shouting at children, <laughs> but you, the, the main thing is, can you catch and throw a ball? And if the answer to either of those is no, then do something else with your spare time, kids. <laughs> there you have it. The message from it. Take, take your vitamins, drink your milk, and do something else with your time if you can't. Learn to catch. <laughs> Learn to catch. Play catch with your dad. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I am going to put it in. You've convinced me. Yes! You've convinced me. I think I actually agree with you. This one, I was I was only joking. I wasn't going to put it in because I've said the same for ages about Villa, and I do think we're better now. But that's mainly because of McGinn's fat ass. I agree with that, and also Grealish yeah. does a bit as well. But generally, throwing for so long, we've been awful, awful. And Neil days as well, we were awful. And I'm still convinced Rory Delap's only ever good throwing was against us uh, for Stoke. That's, that, I'm, sh- I'm sure that's the only goal they scored from a throwing. When uh, it was a Fuller scored. Well, no, it wasn't a Fuller. It was a midfielder. I can't remember his name. But yeah, that's going in. So well done. It's in. Right. Who wants to go next? All right, Tom, you go. I'm going to pick you. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Well, your 60 seconds starts now. Okay. Um, so this might be a bit of a controversial one, given the audience, but I'm going to put in talking about Villa on the internet Um, (laughs) because um, I mean uh, I mean obviously the WhatsApp group we've got is all all very nice and lovely and we're all very friendly in there but um, certain there was a bit of bad feeling at the time when we all 
where we were all on forums and stuff. And then now when you go on Twitter, it's just, it's, it's like a war zone on there. Um, everyone's being a dick all the time. You've got people from other clubs just trying to wind each other up for no reason. And um, I don't, that, there's no wit to any of the conversation. There's no good points being made. It's just people complaining about XG or um, expected assists, which I wasn't aware of until AJ mentioned it a while ago. Um, and I, I, I get so bored of it, but also extremely wound up about it, and I can't stop reading it. And I would like it to all go away, if possible. <laughs> what a miserable, miserable well, point to make. But Omar, you, a, a you, Omar you put this in, you've got to put your podcast yeah, that's you've, what got you've got to hit end of recording <laughs> yeah. as you put it in. And also, that, that I get it, I get what you're but saying. I still agree it, with it. I, still, I do agree with it, especially the, the goading from different fans and these fake rivalries. And, and also, I, think, I don't think it's good for your mental health, generally. I think social media is... is terrible play sometimes at the same time it can also go on aj you go you're the social media expert i know we're no i'm not but i i know that we're uh i know we're supposed to be on the same team here but uh uh broadly speaking i agree but can i make a slight counterpoint which is that given we've actually been good this season actually it's been quite good fun after the results scrolling through seeing everyone reacting resharing the goals and the highlights and all that sort of stuff so I do think uh, whilst it is mostly a torrent of absolute miserable shit that, you know, you probably shouldn't spend your life doom scrolling through, uh, it has its moments. And uh, at the moment, given we're doing quite well, I actually quite, I actually quite enjoy uh, Villa Twitter some of the time. I think, doom scrolling, I like that. I think if we'd beaten oh, Leeds, I probably... I probably wouldn't have made this point if we'd beaten Leeds because I'd, I'd still be on there now shouting <laughs> at them. But, um, well, I, no, no, that's it. You've said that now. you said I, that. I hate Leeds no, so considering, much. But considering, uh, well, you mentioned WhatsApp as well, and I'm pretty sure WhatsApp is done over the internet as well, to be fair. That's so, oh, you know, without, done me. without WhatsApp, without the internet, we wouldn't I mean, be here. I mean, not, we, yeah. not, I mean, I don't mean like in terms of actually being on this planet Earth. I mean, us talking to each other. Now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going yeah, that we, far. Yeah, none of us would, would know one another. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for that reason, sorry, Tom, your your miserable Didier Six combination <laughs> does not go in. Oh, it's a disaster! It's gone in off Ankerman. Right, Jara, you go next, mate. All right, mate. Uh, okay, Ready, set, go. Okay, I'm going to be equally controversial and suggest something that hasn't actually happened yet. Um, but I want to nominate the premature calls for Smith out uh, when inevitably we start uh, wobbling a little bit, uh, perhaps not this season, but next season. Because what's happened is Smith has taken us from a mid-table championship side to now a side where the fans are now expecting European football. And what is going to happen is we are going to hit a stodgy bit of form and those same fans are suddenly going to go, what? Yeah, this guy's useless, Smith out. And uh, I, I, I find the manager out cycle so bloody depressing. You know, we just, it just happened. Like the manager is appointed. We have a period of excitement and then it usually is within two years, the first shouts of manager out are heard sometimes completely justified McLeish I was saying McLeish out on the day he was appointed um but uh but yeah with with Smith uh Smith is like one of the few managers that has uh ex- gone beyond that period time's up time's up, uh, time's, right. up. time's up time's up 
Right. Um, I'm going to put this in straight in. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't, I can't not agree with this because especially after the Leeds and Southampton games, we started seeing it straight away. We're like, is Smith the man did to we, take us to the next really? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah actually, did, I actually did. missed them after those games. Yeah, you did, yeah. Uh, we, no, we, got, we got it after the Stoke Cup game. Yeah. We got did. it after the Stoke Cup and, game. And, you know, which, there's, there's, there's part of me that, you know, you I think critical thought around football is important and I, I have that concern and I've said this in an earlier podcast that one of the first late night rambles we did with, with, with Phil Russell uh, and it was that I'm not 100% certain that Smith is the guy to take us to the next level, whether he's got it in him. Uh, but at the same time, that's a concern more than anything else. And and the losses against Southampton and Leeds didn't didn't you know make me more concerned or anything like that. It was just one of those games. And I fully expect us. We're, we're, let's be honest, we're probably going to be a mid-table side at, at best this season, which is which is good, which is where we want to be. Progress. Uh, beyond that, if we do well, then you know I think it'll be a bit of luck, a bit of injuries, and maybe some good signings in January. But if you're a mid-table side, you're going to go. You're going to have games where you're going to lose two or three in a row. It's going to happen. It's, it's, it's inevitable. So I just, for, yeah, it's just I just believe in the the concept of credit in the bank, and Smith has so much credit in the bank, it's, and which is why it was so sad when Leicester sacked Ranieri. You know, and and I, I just worry about us. Yeah, having I, I, that. I, I, I'm going to put it straight in. Yeah, so that pretty straightforward one for me. So that goes in. Well done. AJ, your go. You ready? Okay, mate. Yeah. Go. I would like to put in to uh, the Aston Villa Room 101 the in-ground catering at Villa Park because I think it is just absolutely atrocious. And I, I think it's got worse. So I used to love a Balti pie. That was part of my Aston Villa experience was a Balti pie. The last couple of times I've been, they've been dry. There's no sauce in there. There's no flavour in it. And another great example, the chips and curry sauce that they used to do. Absolute travesty. It's like the worst chicken shop you've ever been to, fries, and then supermarket curry sauce. They've put it on. They'll have a sign that says, special offer, four pound chips and curry sauce. And it's a travesty, mate. And then the people who are serving it to you are so miserable. And don't get me wrong. I know it's not the best job in the world. I know serving a bunch of Mardi pissed up football fans isn't the greatest thing you're ever going to do. But come on, like put a bit of effort in. Uh, it's just like really harsh as my bars going to the ground and having a dry pie. Uh, the food outside time's the ground in them vans is better. Time's up. That's time's a disgrace. Up. Time's, time's it's a disgrace. <laughs> Cancel. I'm giving you the sign, mate. I'm giving you the sign. <laughs> it's a disgrace. Harsh is your buzz. Is that what you just said? Harsh is your yeah, buzz. Yeah, he did. He harsh did. is my Very, buzz. That I'm tempted to... My gears. Very hip to, vernacular there. Yeah, I'm uh, tempted not me. to put it in because of that, to be honest. Yeah, that would be a fair <laughs> choice. But as I said, I, mean, we, I didn't we, have we, notes. Yeah, we, we can't argue it, it's shit. But AJ, I'm interested in what, what alternatives. Are you saying just a good balti pile yes. or yeah, something yeah, yeah. better? So, for example, what I don't want is one of the uh, away games we didn't touch on was when we went to Arsenal away and uh, my dad's car got written off because somebody drove into the back of it on the M25. Is that when... Is that when is that when Fabregas was on the bench? He bought and um, Wenger bought yeah. him on. He scored two, and then they fucked him back off again. And then yeah. the, the so if all that yeah, wasn't bad enough, that. if all that wasn't bad enough, I joined the queue for food at half time, and all that was left by the time I got to the front was a salmon and cream cheese bagel, which I've got nothing <laughs> against that, but that's not what you want at half time in a football ground. All I'm asking for is if you're going to serve chips and curry sauce for four pound, make it a good chips and curry sauce. If you're going to serve a balti pie, it shouldn't be like drier than. Uh, the Gobi Desert in the middle of it like all I'm saying is I want football food but I want it properly delivered 
and that is not what we're getting right now. Well done on thinking of something dry there. And thinking of something away. dry that wasn't yeah. You know, yeah. something yeah. that something, you couldn't... Yeah, yeah. You're not, <laughs> I don't know what you're, yeah. know I, what you're I, referring well, to, uh, mate. You're going to uh, have to expand uh, on that. This is, a, this is a family show, AJ. This is a family yeah. show. Can I, uh, can I, I, don't, can I, I? To be honest, I don't think families sit around the fire listen to the show, so it's not a family. They should. Do any of they the? Should, uh, they should. They should. That's that's this what's wrong with the, especially. That's what's wrong with the family uh, community. Um, can I just ask a question to the group? Is uh, does anyone have any memories of particularly good food they've had at a football ground? I think the chips and curry uh, Wigan, sauce used to be good. Uh, uh, Wigan do brilliant pies. Right. Yeah. Right. Didn't, didn't uh, the JJB used to have like uh, an indoor bit where you could go before the game? Like, and it was a bit like the Phoenix Club. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, I remember, they did. I remember going in there on one one day, and it was yeah. really good. You seem to know a lot about Wigan. It's surprising. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair to the Villa as well, they have started having Digbeth Dining Club at the odd game, but that is outside, and you have to queue for ages. And I am talking specifically about in-ground catering, and sometimes it's unavoidable, and it should be good, and it's not. Right. Right. Okay. This is a good one. I, I used to really like the chips and commercials, but you're right, they have gone downhill. And and then you're right on the on the counterpoint that Digbeth Dining Club is a good addition. And I know it's outside the ground, but it's still part of the match. In ground experience. catering. You can't count that against me. In ground oh, catering oh, is God. what I said. <laughs> I, I didn't expect this one to come up, to be honest. I'm not really sure how I feel about this one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I will say, though, in, in America, the in ground, in ground catering is completely a different level. Like I went to a baseball game and it was New York... Met to us is Philadelphia, and it was supposed to be a local derby. It was a terrible game, but the food was amazing. Like it was, yeah. It's no, the Americans do that sort of stuff, right? Don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah what you're saying, uh, no more, is it's doable, and we're not doing it. That's my point. Yeah, and I think I think Villa are trying to change that. They've got they've got the they've had a, they had the Heineken Lounge, is it? I think or whatever it's called. That that's they've tried to do something different with that. I've I've actually been to hospitality a few times, luckily, and uh, the yes. food there is food there is really, yeah, really same. good actually yeah well. my uh previous employer has uh corporate seats in the trinity road and i've been in there a couple of times that's great you know have your pint on your table at half time bit of cheese and biscuits love that but Man you can't people, have that AJ. well yeah but that's uh that's not your everyday fan experience is it and that's not i don't want cheese and biscuits right. in what, uh, was the little, what, what was the little halt uh catering bit called where we used to go as season ticket holders where you used to the go whole the whole suite you could get quite a good curry in there. yeah yeah you, i've had, used to I've, used to steal quite a lot of them from what i remember you can, you, yeah, we did. <laughs> you, can, you can get you can get food there now because i went last season and they were doing food there i'm sure i got a tuna sandwich from there uh, the, okay. the, the, oh, wow, a tuna sandwich. Now, you, now you're really making the case for the in-ground catering. <laughs> it's quite tuna nice. Tuna sandwich. I take it all back. All right, yeah, the, Holt, the, Holt, the Holt Suite cashier used to be far too far away from where you actually yeah. picked up the food, so it was far too easy to just pick it up and wander into them. <laughs> right, let's make a decision. Let's make a decision in the interest of time because we've got two more to do, and we're done. We've done an hour and twenty. I've never done an episode longer than an hour and ten before, so we're going to have to cut something we're out. Going to have yeah. some editing. Re- to do, record breaking. Don't cut any of this out. Yeah, um, there are five of us. To be fair. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, uh, I am not going to put it in. I'm oh come on. Because I had chips and curry sauce last season early on, and it was quite nice still. So, and I had a nice tango with it as well. Oh no, sorry, Fanta, Fanta. Sorry. <laughs> well, I suppose Fanta. we've all got different standards, haven't your... we, mate? When it comes <laughs> yeah, to chips and have. curry sauce, so. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm afraid AJ, that's not going in for me. It's not a strong enough case. Oh, it's a disaster! It's gone in off Anchorman. Right, so we've got two left. And if I'm correct in thinking, uh, Jaro and Carl, you, you're the only two to get something in. Am I right? 
yeah, Pearso. Pearso. So, so you get the choice of a reserve each to go in. I remember this is for the team as well. This is for everyone. Mm. So, come on, be supportive, guys. Woo. Carl, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, it's quite a short one. This. So. That's what she said. <laughs> Ready, go. Um, okay, so when I mean this is something that I'm a kind of miss, but let don't let that sort of fool you. I, I still want it to go in there. Um, I miss it because I wish I was there listening to it happening and then shouting at them to shut up. <laughs> so um, this is forty percent of the whole end. Not 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 everyone who's like it's forty percent of the whole end. That if a player has scored once from outside the box in their life. Every single time they get the ball for the rest of their Villa career, people shout, shoot, regardless of whether they're on the halfway line or or if they're on the edge of the 18-yard box. Shoot, shoot. I mean, Ron Vlaar won, scored one goal, and every time he touched the ball since, they were shouting, shoot at him. It's just nonsense. And genuinely, I think it influences them in shooting. Right. Okay, well, you are within the time. So uh, this is going to be a quick one for me. Uh, so see how it goes for you, but um, I'm not going to put it in because it's firstly bullshit. it's not a strong enough point, and I think it's uh, that's part of parcel of football. It's, it's part of parcel of enjoying football. It's randomly shouting shoot. It's just part of football. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, Hitzesberger was, was famous for it, and I, you know we love yeah. we love Hitzesberger. We love his. Yeah. He love could shoot. shoot. Yeah, but, the but you know, it's a bit you, of fun. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The people who can shoot. Yeah, but you're going to be the arbiter be of like... that. You. Who decides? Yes. We all got to check in with you before we shout shoot. Yeah, puts his hand up like this. Carl, could you just check? It's all right to say shoot, mate. Is that all right? Yeah, that'll be fine by me. If everyone just texts me, and I'll let them know. <laughs> Is this live in the match? Is it that they send yeah. you a text oh, and yeah. you have to yeah. respond? One, one, ma- one massive WhatsApp group chat with. <laughs> No, you can't. No, you can't shout that. It's Esri Conter on the halfway line. Yes, you can say that. It's Jack Grealish on the edge of the box. What if we um, simple? What if we start shouting "throw" when someone's got a throw in, or when that would when yeah, the ball is that, No, I'm all for no, that. Don't get him started that. and throw it. No, that's not going. Yeah, I'm sorry, Carl. That isn't that isn't no, me at all. Fair enough. Uh, that that, fair that enough. does not go in. Sorry. Oh, it's a disaster! It's gone. As long as you chuck the children in there for me, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, should I edit that out or not? No, we'll keep that in. We'll keep that in. <laughs> Just so everyone knows what you're about, Carl. Uh, <laughs> Yaro, you'll go, mate. You've, you guys have got two in, so at the minute you're going to be bottom of the league. So you said. need you need another one to to be joint. I'm, I'm conscious that you're uh, uh, keeping an eye on the clock here, Roma. So I'm going to keep this very short, uh, like two words short. I'm just going to say claret shorts. Uh, yeah, when we uh, when we when we have the home kit, but we sometimes very occasion. It's a very rare thing. So my two nominations are something that hasn't happened yet and something that hardly ever happens. But uh, it's very rare. That, but you see it every now and again that for some reason, because of a kick clash with the opposition, we wear claret shorts with our claret shirt, and it just looks wrong. And so um, that is a pretty. Weak it's niche effort. It's niche, That's it? very niche, mate. I agree, really. though. So, I, 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 I know. Agree. I quite like them. So, uh, well, I, I quite like the, I quite like the look. Although I don't think we win that often with Claro Shorts. So I'll give you that point. I do think that. Well, stick it in then. <laughs> but, but I, I like. I, <laughs> Come I, on, I, somebody I like, said. I like, someone's I like got it. There we go. 
Omar, Omar, listen to what you just said. You're considering not putting this in. You says we we hardly ever win when wearing them. If you don't put them in and we and we wear them in the next game and we lose, you're you're in serious trouble. To convince me to go in, can you name the last time we wore them? Or can you think of a season well, last year where we yeah, wore them? Southampton and Leeds this season. No, we didn't wear claret shorts. No, last no, year, last no, year. Think I, of a, think of a game last season where we wore claret shorts and did we win or lose? And then. Well, convince- I'll leave that up to Yarrow. He's so angry yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, it's... the last one I can remember, I think, is about 2007. So, yeah. I, I... <laughs> no, that's, that, that is not convincing me at all. It's, you, could it's, have had it, you could have had it there. If you, if you mentioned, I think, Leicester away, maybe. would have been Yeah, one, maybe. Yeah, would have been one, you could have said. We definitely, we definitely wore them in the game at the City of Manchester Stadium, which was AJ's birthday, where uh, Lee Hendry faux headbutted Danny Mills. I can, I can remember that. Well, well, I'm definitely not putting it now. If he, f- oh, did, sorry, did you say he headbutted? We lost, his, or he... No, we didn't quite. We lost, we lost, we lost. But, 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 but Hendry got sent off for kind of going to headbutt Danny Mills, but then he didn't actually connect. Right, but then, but then they... yeah, it's definitely going in because if he didn't actually do it and Danny Mills didn't yeah. get any damage done on him, then no, no damage. To Danny no, Mills, and, like, no, and the claret shorts were the reason. If he if he was wearing white shorts, then he would. No, have that's, that's convinced gotten... me. Yeah, that's convinced me. A bit like they... Man United when they played in that grey kit and lost to Southampton. Exactly ago. that. Exactly. It's all, it's all about the kit. Yeah, you've convinced me because of that, Danny Mills. You've convinced me. It goes Can in. I just well done. Very briefly, say what my bonus one was going to be. Yeah, go on. That is the pronunciation on this podcast of Didiacis, and that's uh, that's all I've got to say on the matter. Yeah, but then it that does, tosh. But then edit, it doesn't work. Then Ed- no, but it didn't. That, I'll, no, I'll keep it. Because then it means doesn't work. Six? Still know, works, but, but it does still work. No, we're, we're not. We're not. We're not going for a French audience, are we? By the way, a bit of Didier C's sure. trivia. Did you know he's manager of Guinea these days? No, but he was manager of Togo. I'd seen that. He, yeah, he's, I was he's now speculating he's now... as to whether he overlapped with the uh, Togolese Zidane or not. Well, there you go. All right, yeah. you know, you know what, AJ. You know what, AJ. Mm. Yara, your your claret shorts doesn't go in. I'm afraid. It's my show. It's my show. I do what I want, mate. I do what All I want. Right. Yeah? I do what All I want. Right. Well, I'm going to challenge so, this in the court. See you in the Supreme Court, Omar. <laughs> Stop the count. Did you see? No, fine. Um, you know what? Uh, yeah, you're right. It does work. But I was, I was trying to, you know, I was, I was aware of it, but I was trying to, you know, attract the masses here. Not the not just yeah. the French speaking audience. <laughs> you, you, so you're dumbing down. But you know what? You know why I'm putting it down? Because I said that when I started this podcast, I said I was going to dumb it down. So for that reason, that goes in, but Clara Shorts go out. So it's still three out of six. So it doesn't really matter. Thank you, boys, for your time. Sorry, Sam, you couldn't be with us. Not, not like that. You're still with us, but you couldn't come on. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't come on the show. Should we have a minute's applause? Oh, it'll be all. It'll be all. Holly isn't. Oh, no. Has anyone heard from him recently? No, he is. He is he's with, with his. Uh, he's with his newborn son in hospital, uh, and they're going to be discharged tomorrow, hopefully. But yeah, he couldn't get the Wi-Fi connected. So sorry, mate. But we're thinking of you. Uh, we'll <laughs> that sounds even worse always in our hearts always, <laughs> in, our always hearts, in our hearts so. always in our hearts thank you for your time guys really good to have you really good edition of the late night ramble really fun conversation uh, definitely have you guys again at some point maybe Yaro when we play in the FA Cup third round and beat Rotherham 1-0 maybe we'll, we'll I, have you on I, then 
could you save me for the replay? I'd like replay. to be on for the replay. Right, yeah. for the replay. All right, fine. Okay. Well, thanks guys for your time. Thank you for listening again. Uh, thanks for interacting with the channel and subscribing. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. We're on all major podcast platforms. If you're on Apple, then please leave us a review and rating. It really helps us out a lot. Um, it's been a great week for us. Obviously, after the the Arsenal uh, after the Arsenal game, we were again quite high up in the UK football podcast charts sixth this time not as high as third as last time but still great great to see and you know it's only two months in so it's it's really great that you guys are are getting on board with the channel and what we're doing but we'll be back uh next week with a, another late night ramble and and maybe another special episode if I can manage to sort it out I'll let you know details on Twitter but if you're on Twitter we're at Villa Podcast or on Word so please do follow us but again thank you for your time thank you guys for for your time tonight and apart from that up the villa I love it manu bahut changa lagda